What's up, guys? Kevin Wagstaff here. I love this episode of Spectator Spotlight with Zach Knobloch. It's the second time on, and he's had success staying small. He talks about the benefits of running a small inspection company. So for you solos, experienced inspectors out there, you don't have to be a huge multi-inspector company to win. We talk about pricing, his website, his branding that he uses on Instagram, how he uses tacos to uh, to win, uh, creative branding there. And then we also talk about the industry, um, subscription services, what the future could look like. Very interesting stuff from a guy uh, who's been doing really well, uh, been around about five, six years, I believe. So hope you enjoy the episode and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Right on. Um, Zach, thanks for joining me, man. Um, long time coming. You're a Spectora OG. So when you emailed me, I was like, hell yeah, let's let's shoot the shit and catch up. <laughs> how you been, brother? Good, good. Uh, how about you? Oh, man, good. Um, busy, busy managing the team. We've been growing nicely. Um you know, and we've been in the industry about a similar amount of time. That's what we were just talking off camera a minute ago. So you're yeah. you're six years in now, right? Yep. This is my sixth year in. I got started in 2016. So so you've um, probably done about, a, you've done more than a thousand inspections at this point, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pushing, I think I'm a little over 1300. I'd have to check wow. exact number, but yeah. Um, you know, I've had, I, I started off pretty decently strong in my first year. Um, I think my first 12 months, it was like hundred and or 110 something like that in that range which is um, amazing uh but i've been kind of sticking around the 200 to 240 area each year i try not to uh overdo it i like to stick to one a day usually um yeah. i'll do two if it's like a smaller house or if they're you know newer newer houses um but yeah which i want to dig into here in a minute i'll definitely ask you some questions on like staying in that sweet spot and staying the one-man operator because i get believe it or not, requests for that more often of people saying, Hey, I get that some people turn into like a 50 inspector company and that's cool. I think what you're doing is kind of like some people's dream, first of all, and then second of all, more common. So yeah. definitely want to ask you about the mentality behind that, or actually let's jump into it now. Cause I was, I actually just pulled up your Google, my business and want to ask you about your perfect five-star reviews with 189. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. But was that, did you always set out to stay kind of uh in your lane and have a good work-life balance and and be a one-man operator yeah um so i never had um i've never had i still don't had the desire to have employees um and, and i understand you know if, if you want to do it you just got to jump right in but i don't have like uh the business like growth like just get a bunch of inspectors and then basically kind of just be in the background kind of kind of mindset I like doing the inspections um, and I'm, I'm kind of particular, I guess. And that's why I haven't hired anyone. It just makes me nervous because it's like, are they going to do it as good as I do it or as, as good as I think I do it? Um, and, you know, are they going to take care of the client or like, you know, treat the client like I would? Because it's, it's different when you don't own the business and you're just an employee. I feel like it's kind of, it's one of those things where you got to kind of work with that person to like have them treat it like it's their business, even though it's not. So, um, yeah, scaling and getting employees wasn't, uh, wasn't ever something that I ever wanted to do. Um, were, were you ever tempted over the years? Like, did you ever, uh, did you ever have that conversation? Yeah. Like with myself and, you know, I've, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, you know, you got guys on there that started and then they kind of grew and it's, I just haven't listened to it enough yet, I guess, or like had enough 
enough uh, knowledge on it to like, or I guess knowledge is the right word to, to really like dive in and, and start doing that. But I will tell you, um, after the last podcast, I ended up a few months later hiring a uh, call center. Um, so I went with one of the big ones um, and it worked out for a little bit, but I ended up switching to a smaller company that uh, specializes in home inspection. Um, and that worked out good. And I actually just recently um, ended up just getting rid of it. Um, it was nice when it was super busy, kind of slowed down a little bit in the winter time. And um, I kind of got over that anxiety and uh, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is just, I didn't like answering phones. I didn't like talking on the phone. And I just, after having a call center, I don't know, it's something like sparked in me and I'm like, I actually enjoy answering the phone now. Um, I think that provides an, another level of a, like a connection with the client, actually speaking to them personally. Um, I think that kind of helps out a little bit in terms of getting reviews too, because it, it builds it builds a better connection, I guess. As well. Oh, I'm a big advocate of this. Like if someone wants to grow and kind of go the hyper growth route, yeah, you probably need people answering your phones, but summons a lot of new inspectors ask about call centers well before it feels like they have the need for it. And I'm like, don't you kind of want to build your brand with, by being the one answering the phone and like establishing that connection? Um, do you, do you, I mean, you, your website's beautiful. Do you push people to the online scheduler a decent amount too? Like, uh, like if they can't get a hold of you? Yeah. Yeah. So actually, um, I was talking to KC Bartley, um, well-known guy in the industry. He's still one man. Um, and, I was like, man, I, I was asking him, you know, do you answer your phones? Like, how do you deal with the, the call volume? He's like, well, you know, he said at a certain point during the day, he'll turn it to, um, I guess, uh, sleep mode or, or mute or whatever. And he's got this really nice, he had me call the phone and listen to it. He's got this really nice voicemail um, set up of like, you know, pushing people to either text him or go to the website and schedule. And I was like, man, I don't know if I can make mine that nice because you've got that Southern accent. <laughs> he can record yours. He should record yeah. yours for you. <laughs> yeah, I should have him record mine. Um, but uh, I ended up setting one up and it, it's kind of worked. You know, if I'm not able to get to the phone um, and it, it, the call misses, I'll get that automated text from Spectora, you know, online scheduling in progress. So Beautiful. Um, that's kind of worked out. Um, the, the thing, and I, um, I don't want to steer people away from call centers, but the thing I experienced was people would call in and they'd want to talk to me directly. Mm. They had questions about specific things with the house or whatever. And I found myself still being on the phone, you know, not really getting away from being on the phone. And, and basically the call center turned into a middleman and I'd end up having to call the client back in. So That's um, fair. I ended up just making the decision to, you know, get, get rid of it and just keep my phones. Myself. I'm going to have, I'm going to have to look up the app. Someone told me about an Android app that if you miss a call, it can automatically like send a text to the person that called you with yeah. like a link or something. Do you have that? Or are you aware of that? Yeah. So, um, I had an Android, I switched to the iPhone recently. Um, but it, it, it's built in with Android to like, oh. you can, you can just do that. But I ended up getting the Grasshopper. It's like a phone answering app. Yeah. And you can buy like multiple numbers and stuff. And so I've got it set up in there where it automatically texts them if I miss the call. Really? Um, okay. Sends them a link to the website and everything. Um, oh, beautiful. So that's huge. 
because um, then they'll either go to the website or they'll text me back, you know, um, after that automated text sends. And that's, that's helpful because texting, de I definitely prefer that over a phone call when I'm at an inspection because, yeah. you know, I'm doing different stuff. It's hard to just hold the phone up and then try to, you know, keep going. You got, sometimes you got like a time schedule you're supposed to be within or you're trying to be within. So you're not wasting, you know, 30 minutes at an inspection on the phone. I'm glad you mentioned Grasshopper. We started off using that at Spectora, um, but that's like a little hack that most inspectors are probably don't even know about. You know, mm -hmm. just, and yeah. everyone worries if you miss the call, you're dead. It's like, well, not not necessarily. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned Casey. It's funny. I think about you both when I think of like power solo operators. You know, like ones that just kind of know what they want. They dictate their schedule. Talk a little about the philosophy behind like one a day, because you seem disciplined because some people start that way and then they can't say no, uh, they yeah. can't turn away business. And then they, they're like, Oh, I just can't like say no to people. Yeah. What's, what it, was your vision with that? Um, so I, when I first started doing inspections, I was only doing one a day. And that was basically because, uh, the majority of the reason was because my software I was using was horrible. Um, and I'd have to come home and it, I'd spend, you know, I remember my first inspection, I spent six hours writing the report <laughs> and um, like, and that's, an, that's, a, there's a plug for you. After I found Spectora, it saved that down to like basically just a 20 minute review of the report once I got home. Um, but that, that was the, one of the big reasons why I started doing one. Um, once I got Spectora, I started throwing two in there every now and then. Um, and I got to a point where it got really busy after COVID. I was doing two, two a day, almost um, not every day, but probably three days a week. I'd, I'd throw two in there. Um, and uh, it was just, it was tiring. It was just a long day. Um, and then being gone, you know, I, since I was driving an hour um, at some points um, I was gone, you know, 12 hours a day and it's, it's kind of tough, you know, having a little one and everything. So um, plus I felt like, uh, there's just a lot to remember. Like if I got home and I was like, you know, what, what was that that house or was that other, the other house? Um, and so I kind of started just doing one a day and I was like, you know, I don't really need two a day, like financially. I mean, it's good money, but it's not a necessity. Um, so I, I started doing one a day and I kind of sell myself on that to people. Um, you know, I'm, I, I let people know, you know, I'm not squeezing you in you're it for my, like my day, like this, you're my client today. This is Ooh. the only house I'm doing that day. Um, so I could be here five hours and it, you know, it's not going to affect me. Um, and I kind of use that as a sell point and it's, it relieved a ton of stress to um, just doing one a day because I, I try to get them in, in the morning, like a 9am slot. And that way I'm, I'm done at one usually. 12, 1231. And it's like, I've got the rest of the day to, to do whatever. Um, and, uh, it's, it's just, I don't know. The, I think the stress relief was the biggest thing. Um, just knowing I only had one, uh, I could focus more on the house, take my time with it. And you'd be surprised just like mellowing out and taking your time, how much more stuff you find than if you're just trying to like, you know, kind of speed through. quickly through and, um, and that, so that, that's definitely, I think the, was, was like the biggest relief, stress relief for me was just switching to one day. 
I love this conversation because it's so, it doesn't get talked about a lot, honestly, on this podcast. And everyone is almost overly focused on efficiency, money, churn and burn. And so the, the result of this, I imagine is 189 five-star Google reviews. And so like have agents and clients specifically like noticed that, or like what's some of the feedback been um, with agents? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't get too much feedback with agents. I know um, like the ones that, that do use me, it's uh, you know, the, the client will tell me what they said and it'll be like, yeah, he's really thorough. You know, he, he'll be there a while. Um, he finds everything, that kind of thing. Um, but with clients, it's, uh, it's just, um, thoroughness. Um, they, they really do like communicating with me from the start. Um, I've had a couple of them talk about that. The website's a big, a big sell. Um, they'll say, you know, my agent gave me three or four guys and I picked you because your website was nice. Or um, I just had one the other day too. And I, I posted in KC's group, um, the Christian home inspector group on this mm-hmm. and it kind of got some conversation going, but um, the lady booked me because I had my pricing on my website. Um, and I know there's, there's some guys that are against it. Some guys are for it, but it was nice kind of going through that, that uh, post because you could read all the different reasons why guys would be against it or, or with it. But um, she, she liked the transparency, she said. Um, she felt like she could trust me more because I had all of that listed. You know, I wasn't hiding anything, I guess. Yeah. Things. Have you ever questioned that over the years? It's always a debate. I get that question like every webinar I do. They're like, <laughs> show pricing, not show pricing. What was the decision point, I guess, for you to um, I, I honestly, I'm confident enough in like my reviews and my, my website and how I sell myself on my website that, um, pricing, I didn't care if that, if that ended up being a factor from s- someone choosing me, then that's probably wasn't someone I wanted to work with to begin with. I love when people book and they don't ask a question about pricing. Oh, like they, they're not asking about how much it costs or what they're just like, I want this, 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 and this. They're like, if, you know, this day works and it's like, perfect. And you set it up and you get done with the conversation. And then, you know, you realize that they didn't even ask you how much it cost. <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's when you know that they picked you for the reason that I'm wanting to be picked, which is, you know, they, they, they liked how I sold myself um, basically, or I had good reviews or whatever. So I'll definitely um, link to your pricing page in the description, but I love how plain, you know, it's just simple and straightforward. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of this, especially when you have the value and the reviews to fall back on. And so like, mm-hmm. I know early on, some inspectors are like, well, I gotta, I gotta like sell myself on the phone when someone calls and that's fair too. I think early mm-hmm. on, it's, yeah. you don't have the, the, the brand that you have. Have you had to raise prices, um, with inflation and, or I guess, let me just simply ask, how do you view raising prices? What's your kind of philosophy there. um so i usually do once a year um if i'm too busy then i'll do it mid-year like if the summer hits and i'm like having to turn people down or i'm booked so far out that i can't accept anymore um then i'll raise prices because i'm trying to stay in that area where i'm booked out enough but i'm not losing business right um i think if you if and you know a lot of people do price shop um and they hire people based on prices i think if you're price too low. Um, you're probably going to be getting a lot more calls. I would, I would think, um, 
raising your prices higher, you might not get as many phone calls. Um, so it kind of helps level out the amount of work you're doing and, and being booked out too far. Um, but yeah, um, usually once a year. Um, this year, I did not raise my prices yet. I usually do it in January. Mm -hmm. um, instead, I implemented a credit card fee. Mm -hmm. um, so if they use a card, 4% um, fee, the Spectora's got that little checkbox on there. Right. I think I use Square, and but I use it like through Spectora. Yep. Um, and it's like automatically adds 4% technology fee or whatever. Um, and I've had, since I did that, I think I did that in February. I've only had one person pay with a card. <laughs> so that's helped out a lot. Cause I, I looked at my fees for square for 2021 and it was around $4,000. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of the bigger guys, you know, that's nothing, but, uh, for me, 4,000 bucks, um, over a 12 month period, that's a good raise. And I consider implementing a credit card fee a raise, essentially, because yeah. I'm not I'm making yeah. four thousand more dollars a year. That's so. your inflation bump right there. Yeah. So that that's what that's what my decision was this year. Um, I might see you know later on in the year if it starts picking up or see other guys where their their price points are a lot higher than I am. I definitely don't want to be the lowest guy, so I might raise them at that point again. But yeah, for now, I think the the card fees definitely. So only you said everyone's been basically doing check or cash. Yeah, check or cash. Um, got a lot of a lot of cash, um, a lot of checks. What I noticed too after doing this is uh, a lot more people show up to the inspection. Um, I used to not really like that. I just like being alone. Um, but I tell people now, you know, wait thirty minutes. Give me thirty minutes at the house from the start time, and then you can show up. That way, I can kind of get in the groove and start going once I get there. Um, but it's actually been better with people showing up because I, again, I get that personal connection again, um, you know, a handshake, get to see them, they get to see me. I feel like that builds trust and I feel like that kind of lowers your chances of if they come up with an issue down the road, then, you know, getting mad at you because they, they know you on a personal level now. Um, and I feel like, you know, they, they see you inspecting they're like, well, I saw him in that area, you know, if this was an issue, he would have found it for sure or something, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. um, the credit card fees actually improved things on a different level where people are, are showing up to the inspection now because they, rather than pay that credit card fee, they want to show up and hand you like the cash or the <laughs> check or whatever. So. Which allows you to imprint on them and they trust you more, probably less callbacks over time. Wow. I didn't think about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Build, build relationships even more than from the point of answering the phone to now, you know, you're, you're answering the phone. So who they're talking to is who's going to be doing the inspection. Um, you know, I'm communicating via email and text and stuff through Spectors automated stuff. Um, and then, uh, you know, they show up and they get to see you, you know, who they've been talking to. So it really builds that relationship. They're not getting, you know, three different people, which, you know, I understand, like, once you become big, uh, you definitely need someone answering your phone. You can't be, you know, doing everything wearing, wearing all the hats. So, um, but yeah, from a, from a single man standpoint, um, it's definitely, I, I like when people show up now. Sure. I just love this path that you've taken, honestly, because it seems like you don't, you didn't only think of like money as the only currency you thought of time and stress as like these three other, you oh, know, yeah. vector points, because just looking at your pricing, I'm like, you, you're, you're making like 
75, 80, 85% of what someone would make if they were doing twice as many inspections, but charging a little less, Mm -hmm. but I bet your stress levels are way lower than someone doing two to three a day. Yeah. Like the biggest thing. And like, I think a lot of guys, a lot of other inspectors can agree. You raise your prices, you can do less and make more, um, overall. Um, and I think, uh, you know, adding ancillary services helps too. You know, I do mold and radon and I was looking at radon. Um, and for like a single man, I think I had three monitors last year. I'm up to four now, but mm-hmm. um, just adding that added another 15,000 in revenue a year. Beautiful. Um, which is, I mean, you're at the house already, you know, the, you just have to drive back, basically spend five minutes picking the machine back up and then you're, you're on your way. So to make an extra, you know, 120, 150 bucks off of just leaving a machine behind and then going back and picking it up, that definitely helps. But it's only a pain when it's an hour away, right? When you have to pick it up. Yeah, that's when it gets to be a pain. Like <laughs> example, um, I had one, I set one up the other day and they ended up calling and canceling because they had some kind of issue with the, the loan on the house. Um, and it's so I already went out there and set this machine up. It's like, now I got to figure out when's a good time to drive back and pick it up. And, but uh, that, it's not often that that happens, but uh, um, definitely still worth adding that, that service. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they're, I wonder if anyone's ever tried to use like a, a task rabbit type service or have like a, an assistant, a local assistant that can run out and grab those when it's like really far away. I don't know if that'd be worth the money or not, but yeah, I mean, it could be, I guess, if you, if you find somebody that's, you know, reasonably priced and you can still make a, a decent profit off of it. Like um, the Uber of radon uh, right. machines or something. <laughs> yeah. um, I love the ancillary services too. I think that's big and, and something that just gives you the boost right there. Um, so what, I guess, how do you view the rest of this summer year playing out with like interest rates rising? Does the economy, you know, spook you at all? Um, it's been, I mean, you and I have been in this industry and kind of a great run, right? A great run of five, mm-hmm. six years where things have been great in general. Are you worried at all? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, I like this winter got me really worried just because I was so used to it basically just not slowing down through the winter. The market's been so crazy, um, especially after COVID. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, but it was a slower winter, had me worrying. Um, seeing interest rates go up has me a little worried. But, you know, people still need, there's still people that are going to need a house, like a place to live. Um, and there, a lot of people don't want to rent, so they're going to be buying no matter what the interest rate is. And, and really, even where it's at now, it's still low comparatively to where it was 10 years ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit worried, I guess. It's the, the thing that has me most worried isn't really the interest rates. It's just the lack of homes for sale. Um, <laughs> right. and that's, that's what we need is we like to, you know, stay in business. We need homes for sale. So people have something to get inspected. Um, and I think with that being low, it's, it's kind of one of those questions like, you know, is what's going to cause there to be more houses for sale or is there anything that's going to, you know, put more houses on the market? Um, so uh, we'll see. Just kind of, talking to different agents and seeing what their take is and hoping that, you know, it's a good summer and it picks up like, like usual. Yeah. My hope is if price increases moderate and they kind of just trickle higher, then people will say, okay, 
I'm not missing out on huge future gains. So let me lock in what I have and sell. So I sure hope that, yeah, the, the fed trying to raise rates does its desired effect, which is like cool off the housing market, but not like tank it. So like that sweet spot of like one or 2% price growth is probably great for the inspection industry. Yeah. And man, I was talking to this agent this morning, actually at, at this networking group. And she said that over the last 12 months, home prices, uh, or like, how did, how did she word it? It was like home value went up 20% or, or prices went up 20%. That's just insane to think about. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd like to see the numbers over the course of like the last three years, like pre-COVID to now, like it's got to be 50. Yeah, yeah, maybe 50. <laughs> and when you think incomes rarely go up that much and then interest rates on top of that. So affordability, now you're probably talking 60, 70, 80%. So definitely going to be some, uh, I was reading about adjustable rate mortgages this morning. So definitely gonna be more people taking advantage of those, I bet, in the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about your Instagram because I started seeing your these cute little cartoons of yourself on there that I just loved. <laughs> I thought they were so cool. And so uh, I'm gonna put this in the description too so everyone can see it. Just links to some of these home tips mm-hmm. that you do. Um, where did that come from? Where the inspiration to, well, first of all, tell people what it is and then. Yeah. So I, I've got, I had my, my designer friend make a little guy of me. It's like a little emoji, but it's, it's got like a full body thing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it's got my, my logo on my hat and shirt and everything. Um, and he's, uh, I put him next, like on a little, uh, thing where it's got like a home maintenance tips. And so I've got them numbered. I forget what number I'm on now, but I haven't, I need to make another one. It's been a while since I made one, but I just put out a little home maintenance tip, you know, like, you know, clean your gutters kind of thing. And it's got my little guy on there giving a thumbs up, I think. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, that I tried to make like a little character that people can remember and recognize. Uh, I, I really need to start using them some more. But. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Let me see if I can just show this real quick for the, for the people on YouTube. So <laughs> this guy right here, I thought it was so clever and I hadn't seen anything like it in the industry. And so, you know, these little home tips, I thought it was just a good bang for the buck kind of thing on social, you know, yeah. keep, keep reusing it. Um, so that, that's cool. I think that's a, I think that's an underrated, um, I don't want to say like tactic, but an underrated thing to do. Yeah, yeah, like brand brand building. That's I think that's huge too. It's just like brand recognition and building your brand and having just tr- trying to be everywhere and making sure that your your name and your logo is out there in front of people. That way, whenever they think home inspection, you know, you're like the person that that comes to mind. When did you get the hat, the shirts, like kind of formalized in that way and like the on the branding side of things? Um, probably, I, I think like the first month I had. Like when I started like getting towards building this company while I was going through schooling and stuff, um, I had like it, it kind of laid out in my head what I wanted. Um, my shirts have changed a little bit. I just wear like a, it's a black t-shirt now. Um, I was wearing like a Nike golf shirt and the specific one I liked, they quit making it. So, so Oh, man. The, uh, I think I remember the one you're talking about. I've seen those and they're slick, man. They look breathable. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a big golfer and I knew like, you know, those shirts are, they look nice and they're like you said, they're breathable. They're good in the hot weather. Um, but yeah, I knew, I just knew, I guess from 
when I first started building the the company and the brand that like that's what I wanted to to do and wear and that's how I wanted to look so you just I guess one thing that always struck me about you was you you seem to keep things simple and practical and I think inspectors are notorious for overcomplicating things or uh overthinking things and humans maybe in general but like your even your brand colors the logo it's all so clean and I think like being that like that's a philosophy at Spectora we have great appreciation for that where you know you look at your hat your shirt it's simple clean and kind of distinct um so I don't know how how (laughs) was that always kind of the plan was that very intentional yeah yeah um so whenever I was like building this company and going through the schooling, I was working at a marketing agency. Um, I was a web developer, front, uh, front end web developer. And so my buddy that was like across the cube from me, he was the designer. He made my logo and everything, uh, made my brochures that I had. Um, and, uh, that was our thing when we were there making websites was <clears throat> keep it simple, like keep it clean. Um, and so like, his like this was I think this was like his first attempt at the logo um the one that I have and I was like dude that's it like I want it because it's it most people don't notice it but the r is a house yep and it's like the top of the r is like a chimney and the i comes together to kind of make it look like a house and I was like that's brilliant you know Beautiful. like I wouldn't have ever thought to do that and uh so yeah that's been my logo and I feel like it's I want to say it's timeless. I might get tired of it at some point, but, uh, you know, six years have gone by and I'm still think it's pretty relevant and modern. So elegance and simplicity, big fan of that. Um, do you actively ask for reviews? Um, I'm always curious when people pass the hundred or get to close to 200, do you mention it on site or is it more just, you have your, your, your at your digital asking dialed in after the fact? Yeah, so I got I do like a follow up text and email using the the automated stuff for you guys, um, and I just send a link to to my Google, um, and I just you know um, I, I actually I talked to KC about I talked to KC about everything. I feel like like when I first started, that guy was like my mentor. Yeah, um, like everything he did was just, I just thought was like you know great. But um, talked to him and I got a good uh, like ask I guess written up um, like a good little paragraph on basically asking people for reviews um something i noticed though was like after a certain period of time i noticed that they start going to spam like the email side and so i have to change up what the title is of the email and like the text and then it starts once i do that like i start getting reviews again and then when the reviews start dying off i i change that up and then they start coming again and i i was like i'm either they're going to spam or something's happening. Cause every time I change like the tech stuff, just a little bit, um, I started getting reviews again, but, uh, um, I usually give them, I don't know, like maybe four or five a month, um, which is decent. I know a lot, some guys get a lot more, but I don't, I sh- probably should ask in person, but I, I don't right now. I just do like a follow-up email. And you text. know, and I think when you get to your point, it's just, can't extend your lead any more than ranking first in your area and being first on yeah. the Google Maps pack. And so I guess uh the slow trickle higher is pretty pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. What um what else are you hearing? Kind of like you mentioned, you know, those other groups, like any other um like trends or changes you've seen over these last over the last year or so? Um yeah, I mean I, I feel really bad for buyers right now. 
It's brutal. It's oh brutal. my gosh! They have no, they have no leverage. On it. Like they, like they can't leverage an inspection or anything. It's like Nothing. they, and they're almost guaranteed to have to pay over asking price. Um, and that's what I'm seeing is like people are paying a pretty crazy amounts over asking price. Um, I mean, I'm I'm hearing upwards of like sixty grand. I think twenty, ten to twenty is like average. Um, but I, I've heard as much as sixty thousand over. Um, and you know, the the big thing I think that that's really affecting inspectors is people are waiving the inspections to get the house. Um, I think that's another reason why it's kind of slowed down here recently is because people are at that death point of desperation where they're actually waiving inspections, which I mean, I I don't recommend that at all. Um, at least get an inspection for like informational purposes, you know, don't right. just like waive it completely. Um, you know, you could get one and, you know, just tell them, you know, like, Hey, I, you know, I'm just getting it for informational purposes. I can't use this in negotiations. Or um, but yeah, that's, that's really like the main, the main trends that I've seen uh, just, uh, just well in the real estate in industry, at least it's just people paying way more than they should. And then it's kind of skipping inspections. Um, but uh, anytime it gets slow, it's kind of a, a blessing in disguise because you, and a lot of guys, a lot of other guys can agree. You start focusing on your business. You're like, oh man, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Even though it's not really you. And you're like, what can I add to like make me, you know, more valuable and whatnot. And so like this winter, I ended up signing up for the, uh, that InterNACHI buyback program. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was a good addition. And then I hooked up with some local taco shops, like local Mexican joints. Um, and so now anytime a person gets home inspection, they get a coupon for two free tacos. Uh -huh, and that's nice. been my, my thing. If you, and if you're, if you're on Instagram and you look my page up, there's a, uh, I posted a picture of a, like a little graphic, my buddy who did my logo and everything. I, I saw that. Him. Yeah. He made me a little taco guy. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, two free Door. tacos with the inspections. That's so cute. Yeah. I love that. So that, that's been my kind of sell point. People think that think it's funny, you know, they'll show up to the inspection. I hand them their coupon and they just kind of chuckle. Um, cause it's different, you know, no one, I don't think anybody gives you free tacos for using them. Um, and, uh, that was just one of those things that, you know, being slow kind of helped me, uh, come up with that idea. Um, and I think it's a decent, decent sell point because people find it funny and people like tacos. <laughs> exactly. And there's nothing to lose and it's something to talk about. I love that. Yeah. Um, and I, I noticed too, on your Instagram, you always linked all your tools and, and use hashtags and other follows. Like you just, I'm going to put your handle in the description. I want every inspector oh, to, yeah, I appreciate that. to kind yeah, of I try to tag everyone that I use. Um, cause I'm, I'm a very picky person. Like I mentioned before, in terms of like hiring, I, I'm like too picky to hire somebody right now, but, um, in terms of like using my tools, like I can't tell you how many ladders I've had just go trying to find like the perfect ladder combination. And then the same with flashlights, because that's like one of the things that you use the most in inspection with your flashlight. Yeah. Um, and then receptacle testers. Like I've had like any of them that you could think of basically. Once I land on something that I like and enjoy that I'm, you know, I'm listing that in my, in my thing there. Cause I want to give a shout out to them. I put Spectora, you guys probably get tagged by me every single time I <laughs> yeah, I love like, it. this guy needs a quick tag and oh it circulates good positive energy and so like I know that's kind of fluffy hippie of me but like I think anytime people 
loop other people in, get other people's attention. It's like a, the positive, I think, um, cycle on social media. Yeah. And, and uh, I've kind of actually, I probably killed my business a little bit referring you guys so much. Because when I first started using you guys, it was like, I want to say it was like October of 17. Um, nobody else in my area used Spectora. And so I was like a huge sell point for me as I could show agents what this report system look, looks like and how clean it was. And I remember when I first started using you guys, I was getting a lot of reviews on like how nice and clean the report was. Um, because working at a design place and seeing your your software compared to all the other ones, I was like, all right, these guys know, finally, you know, somebody's not in the 90s. It's like, they, it's clean. It's like, you know, there's not gradients over the buttons. <laughs> it's like modern. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, but uh, I, don't even, I don't even know where I was going with that. But yeah, once I find something good that I appreciate, I'm definitely going to shout out. But I think I've gotten like at least four other guys in my area onto Spectora. Um, one guy I had to convince for a while and he finally gave in. He's like, man, I can't believe I haven't been using this for, you know, the past couple of years. I was like, I tried to tell you. Told you, told you. tried to told you. Um, so speaking of that, I always like talking about like differentiators in the future. Cause I know, especially I think super experienced and high value inspectors are always thinking, okay, how do I continue to differentiate? We've, we're toying around with the idea of like, maybe custom cover pages in the future, um, the Spectora Connect stuff, being able to connect people to other services to, to just create value ads in the future. Where do you think the future value add comes from on the inspector side? Because I think everyone knows of kind of the, the big changes in the industry, big, big money and players coming in mm -hmm. and trying to kind of extend that value chain to the customer. What are your current thoughts on it? And where do you think it could go? Do you think it's overall net positive for the industry? Yeah. So I, I like what you guys are doing. I like that you haven't sold out. Um, and, and I, I told, I've told people, you know, I don't think these guys are the guys that are gonna do that. Um, you know, like I, what was a, is it home gauge that porch bought or, or how, how did that work? Some porch bought ISN, porch bought ISN and then ISN, okay, American yeah. family insurance bought porch. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's, it's basically, it seems like it's being like a, it's a data. These companies are wanting data and because that's how they're going to make money. They want these per, this person that just bought a house or just moved from out of, out of state or whatever. They want their data so that they can sell them and stuff. Um, I don't like, I don't like that. I don't like entering in my client's info and then some other company way be above me is taking that and spamming them or whatever, you know. If they get a choice, that's fine with me. You know, I can just talk to them at the inspection, like, hey, you, you care if so-and-so reaches out to you, that, that kind of thing. But um, I like where you guys are going with it, where you can recommend professionals, because that gives the inspector control over who the client is is getting, like who, whose information is go, going to, uh, or who's the client's information, like who, who it's going to or, or whatnot, because uh, there's just too many companies out there that are just, they want to get it, get the job done, get their money on to the next one kind of thing. And, and I try to find companies that are more personable. If there's an issue, you can call the person, they're going to come out, make it right. right. Um, and so I've, I've got a page on my site of recommended professionals. And uh, 
I think that was a great add on, on the report side. Um, just being able to help your plumber out that you know does good work, that you know that you can trust your client with. Um, that's that's big. And then um, in, in terms of like monetary stuff, I don't ask for anything from people I refer. I don't expect anything. I'm just referring them because I know they do a good job. And that's way, way more rare than anything else. Um, just even finding a company that'll it's the hardest part is finding yeah. consistent and so I people feel like the value is right there like i don't the value is not in making money off a referral it's in knowing that your client's going to get the best um but uh yeah i mean in, in terms of other stuff going on in the industry like where i see it going um I, there's there's got to be a way for recurring revenue uh i've been trying to think of different ways it's tough because most inspection, it's just a one and done thing. And mm -hmm. then you never talk to the client again, unless they have some kind of problem or they're buying another house. Um, <clears throat> and I think I realized over the winter too, when it got slow for me, uh, I started thinking about what can I do to, to make some recurring revenue. So um, one thing I did, um, which there's going to be guys that agree with this, don't agree with this, but um, I uh, set up an automation automated email to go out 365 days after their inspection. Hmm. So one, once a year, basically, um, to remind them to have an annual roof inspection. Um, Cause you know, that's one thing that once a homeowner buys, buys their house, they're probably never going to go in the attic. They're probably never going to go on the roof. Nope. Um, and stuff can happen in the roof. You know, you could lose shingles and not even know it. They might blow three houses down and you never see them. You know, they don't land in your yard, so you have no idea. Um, sealant around, you know, nail heads, uh, flashing, stuff like that, that can wear off eventually. So um, I thought, you know, that, that'd be a good, good thing to implement. Just go back out, check out the roof. Um, so for 25 bucks, I, that's the price I settled on. I didn't want to make it too high to where they don't do it, but I didn't want to make it too low to where I'm not getting anything from it. So my plan was to make it 25 bucks. And then maybe after I leave this inspection in this town, I could set it up to where I just, you know, drive a minute over to this house before I head home, um, check out the roof real quick for 25 bucks. And then, you know, with Spectora, it's easy to do it. You can do a report while you're there, especially with it something as small as a group. Um, so I, I think recurring revenue is one thing that's going to be talked about. And I think guys are kind of looking, looking to find ways to get that, that recurring revenue, um, especially for when the real estate market slows down. Slows down. I love where your head's at with this and 20, 25 feels low. Um, that hopefully you have room to, to, to bump that up once you get some traction. Yeah. I'm going to see how it goes. Um, so it's like, I'm not reaching out to people I've already done. I, I basically just started it in this December or November. So we'll see this November and December, how it goes. Um, and we'll see, you know, is, is 25 too low or is that a good spot? Um, because like I said, I didn't, I didn't want to push people away from it being too high to where they don't do it. They don't find value in it. Um, and I, I obviously don't want to be too low to where I'm losing time and money on it. But right. you know, a roof inspection might, you know, most roofs probably 15, 20 minutes tops. Um, so I just, I figured it was a good, uh, decent little way to make a little bit of recurring revenue. When do you think the actual, because I, hear me out. I believe this is a, 
positioning problem, why the home maintenance inspection or the recurring, you know, every, like a seasonal, every three month or six month kind of home maintenance check-in hasn't picked up steam. I believe it's just the way it's positioned. I think some, a lot of inspectors I've heard of try it, didn't make a good run at it. They didn't understand marketing the way you do or the way I, I feel like I do. So I'm pumped to, to like make a good run at this as an industry. Um, it's on our roadmap. Don't quote me on this, but to create recurring billing subscription for you guys to be able to offer to your clients to where it's like a, an easy opt-in button. You have your service that says, Hey, spring and fall, I'll come out, um, check your furnace, check everything around the house, make sure your home is sealed. Like some way to say every season, you're going to need this, especially if you're a millennial and you don't even want to pay attention to these things. I think there's, I think there's real steam here. If inspectors are willing to do those, you know, kind of light handyman, light kind of home maintenance tasks. Like, what do you, when do you think the client realizes they need that? Is it, it's probably not at the inspection. It's at some point between then and like six months out. Right. Yeah. I would say like a season, I would say, you know, like once a season goes through, they might realize it. Like, let's say they get the inspection at the end of summer and winter hits, I think that that realizing, okay, my gutters are full of leaves or, <laughs> you know, I need to get, or I don't know where my shutoff valves are for my hose uh, bibs outside and stuff like that. Um, but uh, dude, yeah, I think that's a great idea. And especially if you guys implemented something to make it easier for us to, to get that going um, for past clients. Um, I think the one area where inspectors kind of get scared with stuff like that is, obviously the standards um like doing work for uh, you know true, uh, true stuff you inspected but i think maintenance thing <clears throat> i don't know if it would need to be set up as a different business i feel like it would be okay to do because you're not necessarily fixing things that you found wrong at the inspection you're just maintaining your client yeah maintain things um but yeah i mean i definitely that's definitely something i would want to look into yeah um, especially like I've cleaned gutters, I've caulked things like, um, and I don't know how far into it, you know, you get with it. Like, should there be like a standard on home maintenance? Know, yeah. SOPs at, for like, home maintenance follow. Yeah. Like what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to like, where's the line at, you know? Um, mm. but yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, definitely a, a good way to make some recurring revenue. I'm going to get an update from Tom George. He's been on the pod and I think he made a good run at this based on kind of like a four pack of things that he believed or he, he surveyed and knew every homeowner needed, which was like furnace filter, um, dryer vent, clean out gutters was the third. And then there was a fourth one basically that was like, Hey, it's a simple four pack of things that shouldn't scare inspectors from like committing to doing. And like you said, you're not fixing something you pointed out. So there should be no conflict of interest there. So yeah, my ideal world would be, yeah, inspectors wrap their heads around this. They can hire maybe a junior level person to kind of help with these too mm -hmm. and make another hundred, 200 bucks a quarter from every person on their client list. That would be amazing. Yeah. Or even like, I mean, this is, I just thought of this and that, I mean, it may work out better for me since I'm a single man, but just one of the days of the week, don't do an inspection, just do all your maintenance for these people. Um, Cause you know, I don't know 
like what Tom is charging for it, I would assume like a little over hundred bucks. I don't, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't know, but somewhere around there. Yeah. I think it was yeah. somewhere between hundred and 200. Yeah. It's throw, throw four or five in those in a day. Cause it's not going to take you long. Um, and that could be, you know, just one day a week, you just do that home maintenance stuff. You got enough money there for a sequel to, you know, one or two inspections. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. Um, I don't know. I don't want to throw any more on your plate, your <laughs> but you guys could be like the, uh, you could set the standard for what, what the inspector is supposed to do in terms of the maintenance stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I think implementing something in the software to make that easier for us to, to get that scheduled and be on a separate invoice or whatever. Um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. And even cluster them. Like say you did have a home <clears throat> inspection on the Northeast part of town only people in those zip codes can book on that same day. If you were to do like a maintenance inspection afterwards to where like, if you didn't do them all in one day, you would have certain zip codes that can only book around when you already had an inspection. That's where it would be really cool to dial that in where you're just like, Oh, I'm down the street from my home maintenance inspection. Boom. Another 150 bucks just right there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I think that'd be good. Um, especially like you could do a neighborhood and some neighbors see some guy out there. It's like, what was that guy doing? Oh, that's my home maintenance guy. Um, and you got, you know, you can get more people in that neighborhood. And yeah. Beautiful. Uh, like it. <laughs> beautiful. Like this it. is helpful. Yeah. This is a nice little product uh, discovery session. So <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. What else, what else are you excited about kind of, you know, coming into this year? What else, what else have you seen, um, or learned, I guess, uh, <laughs> at this point in, in your long tenured six-year career? Yeah. Um, I'm just excited for, for summer to get here. I, I'm loving the warm weather. Um, it's kind of off and on right now, but, um, summer is my, my, uh, season. That's my favorite season, um, summer or fall. So, I'm just excited to get business rolling. Um, I was looking at, uh, I think it's Breeze. This is a new, like new thing I think that I discovered. Um, I, I'm sure other people are using it, but they're, they're radon monitors. I thought this was interesting. Um, so they, they're, uh, they have cell, cell signal on the radon monitors. Okay. So you don't have to be next to it to like, you know, hook up to it. Um, you could hook up to it from your house and see how it's doing. But I think it was, and I, I might, um, you guys might want to look this up because I'm not hundred percent, but after a certain amount of time that the radon monitor has been running, that, that monitor can predict what the, if the level is going to be high or low. And it gives you like a, a guarantee um, that you can basically give the client. So like if they're on a time crunch and they can't wait 48 hours for a radon test, you set that monitor up and after four hours, it'll tell you, yeah, it's uh, going to have radon or no, it's not. And, uh, if it, they say no, it's not, and it ends up having a high level, that company will pay for the mitigation system to be installed. Uh, um, I was looking at that, and I thought that was pretty sweet because it'd be nice to just be able to connect to the monitor from home. If I can't go drive an hour to pick it up, like I don't have the time, I could get the report, but I could also, after a few hours, know whether it's going to be high or low and let the client know. That way, if we're trying to get their papers in order for negotiations, um, they can, you know, exclude or include that a mitigation system. Um, and, and then the company, you know, paying for the mitigation system if they're wrong. It, it, I mean, you can't really lose in, in that situation. Uh, but when I was looking into those monitors, I saw their, uh, I do mold testing. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a pretty nice uh, 
old machine, um, wireless, because uh, the one I have now, I got to carry an extension cord around. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that radon monitor I thought was pretty sweet, so I was going to kind of look into that. Um, that's one of those things, though, it's, like, it's a big investment. It's like yeah. I've got four uh, monitors right now, and that's, you know, it's $4,400 I've spent on these. Yep, and you use um, air things, right? I think I saw on yep, your Yeah, yeah cool. air things. I like them because they're compact. I, I bought one of those uh, cases from Harbor Freight where you just like cut the foam out. So I could fit, you know, I could probably fit eight of them in this case I got, but I just fit all four of them in there. Um, uh, I mean, they're slim and they're only like an inch thick. Um, so it's lightweight it's, and they're battery operated. So I don't have a cord or anything I have to plug in the wall, but I like those, um, but it'd be sweet to be able to connect to it from anywhere with, yeah. with it from cell signals. So. Yeah, I think I think those the only I guess the only caveat with the Breeze ones is they're they're owned by um owned by Porch now. So that uh, who knows what who knows what will happen there. But we yeah. are talking to Air Things. Um they they seem like a cool partner. Uh, I don't know if we mm -hmm. were able, we're gonna be able to do something with them um in the future, but hopefully awesome. there's more innovation in that space in general. Yeah, if they I mean if they could come out with something that is uh cellular, um, I mean that would save so much time. Cause then you could basically cluster one day of you're picking radon monitors up or like a, a portion of a day. Right. Uh, Cause you're already got your report. That's all you really needed. So right now you got to go pick up the monitor to get the report. Um, but if I could get the report, you know, once it's done running, I could just leave it in there for a couple of days and then pick them all up at once. That way I'm saving a lot of money on gas and whatnot. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, that'd be a great implementation. I thought that was probably one of the coolest things with that. Other one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, cool. I want to be mindful of your time here. This has been awesome. This is, we, we, we covered a ton of cool stuff. Um, so man, thanks for reaching out again. Um, yeah. people can go to your website and your Instagram. If they want to find you, I'm going to link to both of those. Cause I think they're just both great. I think you did a great job with both of these. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And last time I had a handful of guys reach out, which is always good. I'll, I'll respond right away if I can. Um, just, you know, and they have various questions about things, but yeah, I enjoy being on here. It's good to bounce ideas back and forth. And I like the, uh, that home maintenance thing has got me, got my brain going now. So I'm going to be do, doing, writing some ideas down. I, I might talk to Tom. I'm friends with him on Facebook and see what he did, if he's still doing it and, and yeah. kind of how he, how that works with him. Shoot me an email. Um, you know, people that, that really, I guess are open-minded to these other ways to add value. We love beta testing with side by side and, and we're, we, we're getting real agile this spring because we, we've, we've ramped up kind of our developers and um, we're working on multiple things, you know, in terms of like stability, innovating next gen, all these things. But this is something that I get excited about because it brings money into the industry. And I, I want, I want the home inspection pie to just get bigger one because we benefit from it, but two, our customers benefit from it and nothing bad happens when we bring more, more value in, in mm -hmm. defenses, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So let's stay in touch on that. I love kicking around ideas on it. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Right on. All right. Well, Zach, great yeah. time as always, man. I appreciate All your right. time and, uh, keep, keep killing it. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it, Kevin. We'll see you. All right. See you.